0: Welcome to the Dying Ask podcast, The Road to Tokyo. Today we're going to talk about the team behind the team. In Tokyo, there will be anywhere from 10 to 11,000 Olympic athletes. So from all over the world, more than 200 countries, at least 10,000 athletes. But there will be at least three times that number of people. So at least 30,000 people who are in Tokyo as Olympic team members. So they're the team behind your Olympic athletes. And this could be everybody from coaches to assistant coaches to managers, medical staff, PR people, nutritionists, chefs. They have a lot of people, big entourage. So without that team behind the team, the athletes quite frankly could not do what they do. There's just no way. And Dr. Naresh Rao is my guest today. And he's one of those people. He's the team doctor for the U.S. men's water polo team. He has now done two Olympics. He used to do both the men's and the women's teams. Now it's been split up and he just covers the men's team. His background is actually in water polo, though not Olympic water polo, as he's quick to point out. But he did play water polo at Colgate University. He then went on to practice sports medicine in San Diego for about 10 years. He moved to New York just about 10 years ago, 2011. And that was where he really got interested in working with elite athletes and Olympians. And that was how He got the gig working with the water polo players. He is also the author of a book called Step Up Your Game, the revolutionary program elite athletes use to increase performance and achieve total health. And it's really awesome. It is based on everything he's learned over the years working with athletes on what makes them tick and why certain things work better to keep your longevity in a sport, to develop your um, ability to do a sport, and then also to reduce injury so you can keep on moving and doing things. Also adds in some good nutrition information and a lot of good mental health care too. So awesome book. So basically sinking the mind and the body. And that really these days is the role of a team doctor. Now, in addition to that, he has a fancy new title. He is also the COVID liaison officer for his team with the Olympic Committee and with Team USA. And that's where it gets really interesting because for the last year... His sole goal with the men's water polo team, who were traveling, by the way, um, was to keep them healthy. And he went an entire year giving them advice and protocols and help along the way without a single player testing positive for COVID, not a single one. That is incredible. Um, All the guys are now vaccinated, as he says, all of Team USA pretty much is, and they're really looking forward to a very healthy games in Tokyo, but there are going to be some major restrictions. So on this dying to ask, how do you get that Olympic team doctor gig? It's kind of interesting how this backstory works. Some hacks to make your mental game as strong as your physical one, And then what it's actually going to be like behind the scenes in Tokyo for athletes and those teams behind the team. Spoiler alert, um, not as fun as it used to be. (laughs) The freedom is definitely going to be out and with good reason. But wait until you hear the plan that is in place to reduce the impact on Tokyo and to keep people healthy. Dr. Naresh Rao is my guest on Dying to Ask. Olympians, they're just different. Sure, they're fitter and faster, but they're mentally different too. Because when the body breaks down, the Olympic mindset takes over. And this year with the first ever delayed Olympics, That mindset is more important than ever. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I have covered the last 10 Olympics for Hearst Television, 20 years of studying and, well, obsessing about how Olympians do life. These are the stories of how Team USA's athletes get to the top of a podium and how you can get some Olympic edge in your life coming out of one of the most challenging years ever for all of us. This is Dying to Ask, The Road to Tokyo. Dr. Naresh Rao, welcome to the Dying Desk Podcast.
1: Pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to get to talk to you today. So where are you joining us today?
1: I'm hailing from New York, uh, in particular Scarsdale, where my home is, and I practice in Manhattan.
0: Very good. Well, thank you for joining us. We sure appreciate it because you're getting ready to take off here shortly.
1: We sure are. Every day that we get closer, we get a little bit more... uh, excited, fun, nervous, uh, you name it. It's all there um, it's, being the doctor. Yeah. So yeah, but the players, but, I can imagine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're responsible for a lot on this one, especially, I mean, usually, you know, like the team doc goes and you're waiting for somebody to get injured or hoping that they don't, you know, you're, you're bandaging things, A lot more riding on the team doctors this time round.
1: Lots more riding on it, especially when we talk about uh, the preventative care that we need and safety protocols that have to be implemented. And I always start with how I treat every single person that I come into in contact with. I treat them as a whole person. And that gets back to my osteopathic philosophy, uh, the osteopathic medical philosophy that, that I went to school for. And it, it's absolutely paying huge dividends right now at, you know, as a sports doctor.
0: Yeah, so you're the, the team doctor for the men's water polo team. You're the team doctor for both the men's and the women's back in the 2016 Rio Games, the men this time around, because um, there's a lot of work that goes into all of this. And on top of it now, you're also the COVID liaison for the team. So um, I hope you're not planning on sleeping in Tokyo, because it sounds like you will be very busy. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, yeah, very busy. Our smartphones are absolutely critical to be attached to us uh, 24-7. Uh, in fact, a lot of the apps we have uh, for safety protocols have to be turned on. Even including our Google Maps, our location and everything has to be on. That's in interesting.
0: Case.
1: Yes, yes. So yeah, and there's a series of apps that we have to download. In fact, this is what I'm going to be debriefing our team, uh, uh, you know, later today about. Yeah. You know.
0: Kind of what the plan is—the ever-changing plan. How how does one become a team doctor for an Olympic sports team?
1: Yeah. The ability to get to this level and certainly i think it's uh sure a lot of luck there's no doubt about it but i think that's true where if you do good things people will recognize it uh and if you stick with it as long as you do uh, and you show your passion and people will recognize it and i go back to modeling with the olympic athletes that i take care of hey there's going to be somebody hey why not be me Uh, So (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But going back to my roots is really where it's about. I've always loved sports and it wasn't until I got to, uh, I guess, residency where I realized, well, I can marry my family medicine. That's my primary uh, board uh, with being on the field. And it just it just clicked. I I just fell in love. And I was back in 2001 when I did my fellowship in San Diego and then it, it all took off from there with great mentorship, great uh, opportunities that they provided for me. And uh, and you, day, you actually have yeah. a water
0: polo background yourself, right? From Colgate?
1: Correct. Yes. I played my senior year and certainly I'm not going to call myself a player, uh, but I certainly did that, <laughs> uh, that year. My college roommates actually started the first water polo club at Colgate. Uh, so I joined in and I felt, I felt literally like I'm going to die because it's so hard. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it was the best shape I ever was in my life. Yeah.
0: Every water polo player, no matter how long ago as they played, they all say that about that (laughs) sport. (laughs) My, uh, my 12 year old son, who's an avid swimmer, has been doing swim team forever, just started with a water polo club over the summer. And I had, you know, I, it's funny, I've seen it at the Olympics, but I'd never seen it just at a rec level, which is kind of weird thing to be able to say, I guess. And I cannot believe how much fun it is to watch these kids learning how to play because it is such a tough sport.
1: Yes, well, my entree into it was uh, brief in college. Then I did my residency and training. Then I went out to San Diego and realized, wow, this is a real sport. <laughs> uh, and I got to the pool again and uh, just fell in love all over. And, and of course, love to give back as a physician. And USA Water Polo was kind enough to offer me back in 2009 to travel. With uh, with the women's team, uh, and uh, and then it took off uh, from there. Yeah.
0: So in a non-pandemic year, and I hope we get back to those very soon. Um, what what is the typical job of a team doc?
1: Yeah, the first thing is to is to know thy athlete, understanding each 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 athlete's health, uh, and to gain rapport, not just with the athletes, but with the coaches, with all of the staff, uh, to become part of the family. Uh, and there's so many dynamics that go beyond the medical training that allow uh, athletes on a long bus ride or layover where the questions just come out uh, whenever, and you just sit there and you talk to them, and you end up becoming close friends, and and uh, and, and it's, it's very gratifying to have someone trust you to that degree to uh, not just focus on the physical or the mental or the emotional, but really they say, doc, hey, I saw this on YouTube. Hey, what do you think? And you, all of a sudden you <laughs> became we, the...
0: <laughs> Doctors love hearing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, I'll get back to you on that. And we're like, to try to check it out. What's the sort? But, we'll, <laughs> but, but we have fun with it. And this men's team that I've been a part of, uh, I started in 2010 with the men's team uh, and then uh, carried on. And then our head coach uh, asked me uh, uh, at, uh, after London, uh, Dan Udovich, uh who's our head coach, uh, to, to, to be the doctor. And that was when I moved back to New York and I, I was really, you want me to, to come still be part of the team? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Cause we want you to carry this through. So it was, it was quite an honor.
0: So then you add in a pandemic this last year, um, and teams started competing again. So what has that been like trying to keep these guys healthy and protected until those who choose to get vaccinated, um, you know, would get vaccinated? What what was, what was that like?
1: Back in March, uh, when we we, uh, were getting ready to obviously go to the games, Uh, everything paused. Team Spain was actually supposed to come out, I remember, Uh, and that was right when the travel bans happened, and immediately everything went on lockdown in California. No water polo was happening, but that's when we became busier because we knew we had to be ready for if the games were going to happen, what would happen, so... Uh, the team doctors, the trainers, uh, you know, you name it. We came together as a medical team and all of us report to our, our, uh, our, our chief high-performance officer, John Abdu, who's been wonderful at making sure that we're all communicating, getting the resources we need. Uh, that implement- and then we implemented all the protocols as travel started again. On the men's side, all of our guys actually played professionally this past year uh, in, uh, in various countries. And that was actually a blessing in disguise if they would not have gotten that exposure. Uh, yeah. and, and, and our team is much better for that. But from a medical standpoint, from COVID protocols, from testing every other day um, to knowing what each country's requirements are. It's uh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, can't use this test, got to use this test. And I'm like, oh boy. Uh, but again, our athletic trainer, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Bates, uh, just, just was wonderful. And he was with the team at every step of the way.
0: That's great. And, you know, knock on wood, every single one of them stayed healthy the whole time, given all that traveling. I mean, that's amazing.
1: It's, uh, and again, you know, there's the normal things, but COVID wise, uh, there were some scares, not from, not on our team, but if we were uh, someone on their professional team turned positive, then of course, then we had to Mm -hmm. uh, understand that there's their dynamics in their country. They have their doctors and medical system and we have our interests and that uh, became it, it, it became a, um, you know, again, another collaboration of using host country doctors. And a lot of them actually, we, we talk friendly now, I, I never would have gotten to know them. So the, the network certainly grew, because we all yeah. had a common interest to keep our players healthy. You
0: know? they, absolutely. Um, you have a fancy new title, and that is COVID liaison officer. Super fun. <laughs> what, what is that going to mean in Tokyo? Because a lot of people have wondered how can they possibly bring in 10 to 11,000 athletes and try to keep this safe? The reality is that there is nothing that's more dialed in than an Olympics and an Olympic village and an Olympic security zone. So tell us a little bit about what this, how this is going to work for all these different athletic teams over there.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the CLO or the CLO is the, uh, the way it's termed. Uh, and there's we have, there's clothes from Team USA at the US, uh, the USOPC and then each sport has a CLO assistant. So I'm a CLO assistant to the USOPC, but I'm in charge of it for the- They really make it
0: system. sound like fun, don't they? <laughs> You're a CLO.
1: Like, yay. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, I'll add it to my, to my initials. There yeah, are uh, bad
0: news at all times. <laughs> <laughs> right. The you can't guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, are you wearing your mask? Are you just, you know, all the- uh, <laughs> uh man it's uh you know the looks I get at three in the morning when we travel Uh, it's gonna be fun but uh
0: yeah good uh, times
1: yes uh but they all know it's uh it's the only way we can exist as a team because as a team sport as you know uh we're we're all over each other yes (laughs) there's no personal
0: space not really (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah yeah we're not marathoning at all we're not you know so um but the uh the protocols that are in place are absolutely wonderful and I Completely agree with the the, the level of of uh, of uh, of intensity, I should say, is that that's needed, uh, and to be able to execute it right uh, from from the Japanese government's requirements to our where the US OPC agrees, and then Team US the USA Water Polo agrees, and we're all just working together, and and here we go. Uh, it's, the interesting it's a thing is, thing. It, yeah.
0: it all operates from the presumption that no one is vaccinated, meaning everybody's going to be pretty much masked up and it's going to feel a lot like it did probably a year ago. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. Uh, the premise for all the COVID protocols is that no one is vaccinated. Now, with that said, our team is vaccinated and I, I pretty much, yeah, all of Team USA is vaccinated. Of course, where there's enough, there's over 200 countries that's going to be there that where they may not be. So the premise is, is all of our protocols are based upon those things, and that's the way the Japanese government wanted it too. Um, and uh, vaccination status again is, is is not a part of our criteria, although. Um, if you turn positive, there are certain ramifications when it comes to, oh, you're vaccinated, Do you have antibodies, and I don't want to get too much into the science of it, because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a whole expert group that will look at that case and see what happens. But uh, to enter Japan, uh, we have so many steps we have to do from uh, following, a four- we have to submit a 14-day activity plan from when we enter Japan that they have to approve. So basically
0: where you're Uh, going to be at all times, how you're getting there, who you're going to be with, what you're going to be doing when you're there.
1: Correct. Uh, Team USA has a delegation app where we have to put in who are our close contacts. And we have to update that as as regularly as we can. Uh, And that's something that that was a checkoff that uh, that was needed for the Japanese government to see it's okay. Uh, And yeah. And then we need two COVID tests before we leave uh, before we enter Japan. And then another one once we enter uh, and in the airport before we even are allowed to go into Japan.
0: Wow. I mean, what a different Olympic experience. I've been to the last 10 Olympics and there are some where, I mean, you'll be out shooting a story and athletes from all over the place, they're out on the town. Once they're done with competition, they are out. It's not going to be like that this time, is it?
1: It is not uh, the, if you, for example, the dining hall, right? So, you, you I don't know if you saw pictures, but but the dining hall, uh, there's a table, there's a table for six, but only four could sit there, and then there's gonna, there's uh, there's dividers, and you are asked once you finish, you have to sanitize and you have to leave the dining hall. That's it, no 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 chitter chatter, you know, and you and the good thing is you can go outside and and eat if you want. There's some to go options and. Uh, but anything that's going to keep from congregating, that that that's exactly what they're going to be doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is just how it has to be this time, I guess. Yes, correct. Yeah. Just how it has to be. Okay, I want to talk about your book. Um, you have this really great book that I am looking forward to reading and I'm bummed that I didn't get to read it before I got a <laughs> chance to talk to you. But it basically is almost like a primer on how to be a great athlete, whether it's an Olympic athlete, but you know, an athlete for your whole life, how to really take charge of your health. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, that was a certain labor of love, uh, and it's where I wanted to marry everything mm-hmm. I've learned from taking care of elite athletes from not just from water polo, but from and I I just loved covering all sports. In fact, uh, you're in Sacramento, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, sure. So 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 I was I was on the California State Athletic Commission where I was a boxing and mixed martial arts doctor, and and Uriah Faber, who's from there. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, he invited us up for a little charity thing at his uh, at his place and. I was a doctor for that. And I just realized there's so many common threads that elite athletes use. And I was like, wait a second, why can't wait? And then it all clicked. And fast forward, when I moved back to New York, uh, uh, I was on the train. Uh, It was my first time taking the train commuting. (laughs) And I had all this time. And here I go putting these ideas down. And soon enough, uh, you know, had some great support, had a great uh, agent uh, who, who put it together with me. And Uh, just had a great, uh, ghost writer, Pamela Flander, you you know, just, we, we all work together to make it happen. Uh, that's great. So the book is called step
0: up your game, the revolutionary program elite athletes use to increase performance and achieve total health. So tell us about some of the, the the main things that are in there, because I think the, the thing about watching the Olympics is that you get so motivated while sitting on a couch, but you tend to get motivated. Think I could do some of that. What are some of the main things that you saw that are the most applicable to average lives?
1: Yeah. The first thing is, is that it's not just one thing. There's no magic pill. There's no secret diet. It has to be a whole person approach. So again, I go back to my osteopathic medicine roots where, where there is a whole person nine role approach. And those nine roles, we all can learn without the need of having a whole elite athlete entourage to hire, which a lot of us can't get afford. <laughs> uh, would be
0: nice, but probably not practical.
1: Right. Uh, so, uh, but I think that if these common threads that I was talking about can be implemented in your own mind and your own plan, and to have your team physician, so I always advocate you have to have a great, great team physician in your life, and then can help you guide you through your nutrition, your exercise, your mental side, etc. And uh, for example, mindfulness, I think can be taught by a physician. And so I spend time especially during COVID actually coaching my, my, my patients uh, how to do it. So it doesn't just apply to athletics, it applies to performing well in life. So my motto is I, I help people perform the best they can at whatever they choose to do without incurring harm. And, and, and this is a playbook to allow people to do that.
0: It's interesting that mindfulness seems to be having a moment these days coming out of the pandemic. And that the, the answer, the reason is because it really does work. And it's so simple.
1: It works, and personally, with my family, with my kids, uh, you know, I have a 16 and a 14 year old. Certainly, is very helpful during this time period. Uh, Our mental skills coach, Brian Alexander, uh, on our men's team, he's he's a he he's the one that that really has has helped me understand it to us to to a depth. Where you know challenges will come, things happen, and it's a great tool to to help stay centered.
0: Can you explain uh, maybe just in a moment or two about kind of how you introduce people to it? There are some people who it's a little bit too woohoo to them. Um, I'll tell you, I do it every single morning when I get up at 2 a.m. because it works for me and it gets me back up at 2 a.m. the next day. <laughs> you know? But how do you, you coach somebody into that who's maybe never been open to it before?
1: Yeah, well, first I start with, with the basics. Being in a medical office, people come in for a physical and I'll get to know them and gain that rapport. Once they realize that, oh, wow, there, there's something here that can help me, not just to get my cholesterol better, but to, oh, I could actually feel better at my job and actually perform better. Maybe have a better relationship with my family. And this might be a tool. And so there's probing questions I'll ask. And once we get to that, oh, doc, you, can, can you help me? And then that's when I'll be able to introduce <laughs> You got <it>. the buy-in. <laughs> I, got, I got the buy-in, but you're right. Not everyone is going to buy-in, but again, this, this book is not for everyone this book is for people who are looking for that, uh, for that opportunity. And so this is the plan.
0: And my, it's interesting that the mindfulness, the mental training is for the Olympians now, especially in the last 10 years or so, it is as critical, if not more critical for some of them than the physical part of it is.
1: It is completely at a certain level. You know, you can train so much physically, but it's that mental game that really can, can, can make or break you, especially when you look during COVID and, of course, you hear all the stories about athletes uh, and, and, and how how much how much psychological, uh trouble, uh, you know, uh, uh, stress they've had. Uh, and uh, we and in fact, this is the first time that for the U.S. delegation that we have a chief psychiatrist and a chief psychologist that, that's actually in charge of the whole delegation. So that that move into into the mental uh, side to be as important as the physical Uh, is quite refreshing and and, and reassuring that we are heading in the right direction.
0: I I think it's really interesting that that addition was made to the USOPC this time around because there has been a lot made of um, a lot of athletes who quite frankly struggle with mental health once the Olympic dream, whether it went well or did not is over, is a very challenging time. But then especially coming out of this last year with the pandemic, um, what great timing to be able to have access to those resources and also to normalize them for everybody
1: normalize. And remember, family members are not there because there aren't any. So that is a huge problem uh, as, as, as anyone can imagine. Uh, And as a doctor having a wife and kids who were supposed to be in Tokyo in 2020, now they can't go. I don't really, I feel that stress. And again, but I'm not 21, I'm not 18, you know, and so there's a, there's a need. And uh, the good thing is there's a lot of great support that, that has been that has been implemented and and I look forward to seeing how it's executed
0: so I know it's gonna be kind of a weird Olympics but are you still still excited about going
1: I'm as giddy as a kid right now I, I'm <laughs> so I'm so excited uh, I, I get to meet up with the team on the 11th uh, we're gonna be in Hawaii which is a serendipitous because we're supposed to be in Japan but they said now nah, we're gonna limit our exposure and so uh, we're beating team Australia there for seven nights and my family will be able to come there oh, so good. it's actually it's a blessing in disguise for
0: sure. Yeah, it's, it's uh, funny. The swimmers have been there and I know the rowers have been using it to, to do heat training. I'm like, well, it's not all bad guys. <laughs> <You> know, <yeah. laughs> there have been some good things along the way if that's the way you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're well, we- I
1: think. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: sounds great. Well, we wish you a really great Olympics. I hope it is safe and productive and still a little bit of fun and that uh, the experience turns out to be great for all of your team members.
1: Great. Thank you. And thank you what, for the opportunity. Yes. Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh-huh. So thrilled. And where is a good place for people to get a copy of your book?
1: Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, you can go on Amazon. You can go on Apple. It's, it's, uh, it, it, but we don't have an audio version yet, but it's, uh, but you can get it uh, on, on, on any major platform. Yeah.
0: And then what are some good ways to keep up with you and the team while you're over in Tokyo?
1: Yeah. Certainly social media is, is going to be all there. So you can go, you can check out our, our, our men's Team USA water polo uh you know instagram uh, twitter account you uh, you name it uh we'll we'll be all over that um and of course there'll be a lot of media things that'll be happening especially with our our five-time olympian uh jesse smith our captain so uh that's quite a he he tied tony acevedo uh and it's just a wonderful uh it's just wonderful to know them and i'm honored to, to know to say i know them
0: Quick favor for you: We are closing in on 300 ratings and reviews for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So, if you have a second, could you please, please, please go into your podcast app wherever you're listening right now and give the show a rating? If something Dr. Rao said really stood out for you, I'd love you to mention it in the review as well. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it's super meaningful for everything that we're doing here at Dying to Ask. And while I'm at it, I'm going to push my luck because that's what I do, and ask you if you could also take a screen grab and maybe share it with your friends on. On social. Any social media is just fine. Just tag the show. And if you'd like to reach out, you can always email me at dfitzpatrick at hearst.com. Hearst is spelled H-E-A-R-S-T. Or you can DM me at runreadsip. You'll find me on Instagram. That is where I like to hang out on social media. Thanks for listening this week. We'll have more Olympic content for you next time.